Travel back in time to the 80s, reliving the music. You can't have the Pretender's first album. That's mine. I bought it. You did not. The catchphrases. Did you have a brain tumor for breakfast? And the wannabes. Sometimes I see you dance around the house in my underwear. Doesn't make me Madonna. Never will. Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Can you say stuck in the 80s? Hey, welcome to Stuck in the 80s. It's your old pal Spearsy. And Brad in New York. And today we give you our takes on the new Netflix documentary, The Greatest Night in Pop. A closer look at the song, We Are the World. Stuck in the 80s is a partner of the 80s cruise. Join us in 2025 for year nine of the 80s cruise. The ship will be Royal Caribbean's Explorer of the Seas and will be departing from Miami for Nassau, San Juan, and Labadee. With us on board will be an amazing lineup starring Brad and many, many more. Wait, is your microphone working okay? I mean, I, th- I think so. You heard the lineup, right? Uh, maybe. Well, what part did you miss? The part after you say joining us will be... Uh, so the whole thing. The whole thing. Uh, well, hey, don't worry. We'll have the full lineup for you as soon as we get back from the 2024 cruise, which leaves in, I don't know, like 20 minutes at this point. What time is it? Any second now. Literally any second now. I need a vacation. Okay, then stay tuned for our promo code and keep your eye on www.the80scruise.com for more information. One, two. We are the world. greatest artists of a generation came together to save some lives. Must be in a dream, huh? Hello, hello. But we only had one night to get this right. Let's get this party started. So people, have you heard about this new documentary? It's called The Greatest Night in Pop. It's on Netflix. It debuted on January 29th. We just watched it this weekend. Oh. And, uh, all the feels so good and and we're going to tell you why it's so good you could stop right now (laughs) and go and watch it it's amazing i i wasn't really quite sure what to expect but uh it delivered 
I'll, I'll be honest. Uh, my expectations were not high. I, I, I'm not. I'm not a gigantic fan of the song itself. I, I prefer. Do they know it's Christmas? And I, I think we've talked about that on the show before. But lately, it just seems that these '80s documentaries that we're getting are just home runs. Remember the Wham one? Oh, oh my so god! So good. I hear there's a one on Run DMC now on Peacock that's worth seeing. Yeah, so I'm going to check that one. One of out. our patrons, Mary Beth, tipped us off to that. I'm going to give that a look too. Yeah. So. Friday night, the uh, the Mrs. Spearsy and I sat down and we watched the greatest night in pop on Netflix, and it's 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 a trim ninety minutes. Yeah. <laughs> it does no harm. It's not like a seven parter with four hour episodes. You're not you're not committing to watching anything too crazy. It'll it'll fit in yeah, your evening. It's, it's just enough. It's it's just enough, and it features interviews with Lionel Richie and Cyndi Lauper and just name after name after name of the people who were there. Bruce Springsteen. Famine relief was important. I knew it hadn't been addressed, you know. And you're always sitting there with, like, the old, what can I do about it, you know. It was a little soon. I normally wouldn't have done it, but it looked important. Even if you're not a super fan of the song, you will, if you're a fan of the 80s, and you really should be if you're listening to the podcast, I think you're going to enjoy this. Yeah, I mean, I'll just tell you, I was, okay, look, I'm away from my home I'm in New York, away from my wife. I've been here for three weeks. I got another three weeks to go. Work has been crazy. I'm a little more emotionally vulnerable than I might normally be. Like some of my Did you cry? some of my stuff isn't here to keep me keep me on an even keel. Um, I was literally on the verge of tears for almost the whole thing, and then there was a one moment at the end that I was just like, oh, "Waterworks, waterworks, seriously, <laughs> waterworks." The first thing I like to do is the lead to the choruses. Okay. Can we hear about four bars without the, without the track? Acapulco. One, two. We are the world. Hey, right. We are the children. We are the ones who make a better day. So let's start giving. If everybody could groove from their knees instead of their feet to okay. get an awful lot of feet pounding on those risers. Quick background on the song. Most of you know this stuff. But in case you crawled out of a rock, <laughs> We Are the World, of course, is the charity single recorded by the supergroup. And to be honest, I'd forgotten that they were called USA for Africa. It's been so long. Yeah, I thought that, that was the just... name of the charity that was founded. But apparently, no, that's the name of the, the, the supergroup. Yeah. I mean, calling it a supergroup is an insult, really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it, the, the idea came from Harry Belafonte. I, I think some people would, would know that. He went to his friend, super agent Ken Cragen, to recruit the other musicians for the song. This is an interesting point I think you learn in the documentary. Michael Jackson, Lionel Richie wrote the song. Stevie Wonder was supposed to join them. Yeah. But he, but he didn't pick up the he, phone. Maybe he couldn't find it. I don't know. But he wasn't answering <laughs> the phone. So it gets written by, by Michael Jackson and Lionel Richie. The song would be mostly recorded... On one single night, uh, January 21st, 1985. And the story behind this, I don't know about you, but this blew my yeah, mind. Yeah, it's crazy because it's its like they, they wrote the song and they kind of needed a they, they needed a, a time they could do it. And, you know, look, unlike podcasters, musicians' calendars are pretty chock-a-block, right? Uh, they're touring or they have things. You can't just like, hey, what are you doing next Tuesday? That doesn't really work. So... 
January 21st, 1985 is the night that they hold the American Music Awards. Now, cast your mind back to when the American Music Awards were actually still a significant event. Like a thing, yeah. At this particular one, a lot of the artists that would end up being on the song were performing at the awards anyway, so they're all in L.A. Yeah. Lionel Richie is actually hosting the AMAs. And, and winning, like, crap loads of awards that night <laughs> yeah. as well. So he's got all that to worry about in the lead-up to this, and now he's he's winning these awards, he's hosting the show, and then he's got to run over to the studio and join 40 other musicians to bang out the bones. Yeah. Of We Are the World. And the way the documentary shows this, what's so cool about this, obviously they learned from Band-Aid and Do They Know It's Christmas that you want to record as much of this as possible. Like Get documentary cameras in there yeah. and record everything you can. And so there's so much more. There's a ton of footage. Yeah, there's a ton of footage. There's so much. They had so much more of accessibility, mm-hmm. I guess, yeah. to the scene. Yeah. So you you were almost watching this go down. It feels like in real time. Yeah, I mean, I, what I found really interesting, and this is something that you just wouldn't it wouldn't be possible today because people would figure it out and it would the news would travel pretty fast. Is uh, you know, Cragen was like, "Look, we have to have the location of this recording locked down tight because you know if if Springsteen or you know, I think the other name he used was Bob Dylan. If those guys roll up in a limo and there's a crowd of people out front, they're not getting out. They're not going to do it. Like this has to stay locked down. It was interesting. Some of the stuff that I was reading afterwards, because they, they show them making these cassettes that they had done basically like a dub track uh, for people to listen to so they could learn the song before they came. And they're just mailing out these cassettes. It's, just, it's amazing. <laughs> like somebody had to go to FedEx with like, you know, 60 cassettes or something and mail them out. And uh, Quincy Jones who's producing, put a, a note in each one basically saying, you know, please do not share this with anybody. Like, that's that's security. Here's a cassette. Yeah. Please be behave like a normal human being and don't be a jerk. Which it worked, you know. It worked. I mean, I'm I'm shocked that it worked. Right? Well, I did read something that Lionel Richie was like, "Okay, we just have to ship this. If we make this too good, someone's going to put it on the radio." As it is, <laughs> I got a stack of fifty cassette tapes that went to managers. Some of them went directly to artists. It was an interesting time. We had just had our first big hit record, and I received the tape, the cassette tape in those days of the song and the invitation, and I played a demo in my car. I'd never met Lionel or Michael, so, you know, it was just an amazing invite to get. And then I remember thinking, oh yeah, this this is gonna be a hit. So they finish. It takes all night, basically. I think they. Kind of, I think by the time they emerge the next day, it's the sun's up. Yeah. The song is originally released in a, in a shipment of eight hundred thousand. Mm. It sells out within three days. Damn. By the end of the year, it's the year's best-selling single. Uh, now I feel like an absolute jerk. <laughs> I, I didn't buy it. I, I didn't buy I it. I didn't buy it. It's not that I not that I want people to starve, I, but I didn't particularly. I, look, like Steve, not a huge fan of this song, but the process of watching it made was so interesting. I would almost buy it now. Yeah, and, and you know that that money was going, you know, it would be interesting to see, like I know that the um, 
like with the Live Aid Trust, there's a lot of like, well, here's what they've been doing for the last X years. And I know Cragen's point was, look, we're not just going to send them a suitcase of cash. We're going to try yeah. and find ways to actually solve this problem rather than address the symptoms of the problem. And I, I, right. sorry, this is a pop culture podcast. I haven't done a lot of looking into the socioeconomic impact that uh, We Are the World may or may not have had. But it yeah. wasn't nothing, right? I mean, yeah. people got some food that wouldn't have otherwise had some, and that's a good thing. Sure. Anyway, sorry. End, end, of, end of rant. Uh. <laughs> here's, here's what's interesting. So I, I'm doing a little digging around afterwards, and I'm like, wow, okay, you know, it sells 20 million copies. It's shocking. Is that a lot? <laughs> Is that a lot? And I find out uh, through my research, that's only the ninth best-selling single of all time. You, you want to guess what number one is? Uh, you you want to think it's probably a Beatles song? Yeah, yeah. That's I was going to say <laughs> either a Beatles song, maybe. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Bing Crosby's White Christmas. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's a seasonal evergreen <laughs> classic. Fifty million. Good lord. <laughs> here's what's really so. I, I look at the list of the top twenty selling singles of all time. Uh, there's literally We Are the World there at number nine and you keep scanning down the list scanning down the list scanning down. Like, and there's some that thriller, just barely you know? miss there's some that barely miss like um, oh, Whitney Houston mm. the uh, I, I Will Always Love You 1992 Brian Adams uh, Everything I Do I Do For You 1991 the next eight, truly 80s single on that list do they know it's Christmas with 11 million? So only half as many as we are the world. Well, we are a slightly bigger market, as I like to point out. <laughs> yeah. It's in the marketplace. People are aware of it. People hear it on the radio. Critics, not mm. giant fans of it. Have you read some of the reviews? Yeah. Like some critics were like really, really pushing the Pepsi angle. Pepsi's slogan at the time was the choice of a new generation and the song keeps repeating there's a choice we're making and yes and both lionel and, and michael were pepsi promoters yes. so it's like mm, I, I see what you're going for there but i never made that association in my head also pepsi's nasty uh, <laughs> other critics kind of latched onto the we're saving our own lives like that's a little self-indulgent um yes you know for people who would never well, I don't know, never, maybe a long time, very unlikely to feel that kind of hunger or those kind of problems. But sure, it did raise $63 million. Yes. So the, some critics, which is, harsh, the, which by the way, take that money all the way to the bank to put it into context. That's the equivalent of $168 million today. Oh my gosh. What were some of the things that jumped out for you in the, in the walk, in the viewing? There's this great scene where Bob Dylan doesn't know what to really do. Yeah. And he, he just, he's just kind of so, voicing. You just want to give him a hug. Like, he just looks lost. And and, and then and when so, he gets to the part where he sings his line, you're just like, yay, Bob Dylan. Like, I don't think I've ever rooted for Bob Dylan in my life. But the interesting thing, how he got there, though, is that they go to Stevie Wonder. And Stevie Wonder does such a good job imitating anybody. So Stevie Wonder sings Bob Dylan's lines in Bob Dylan's voice. <laughs> and that's what gives, okay, now Bob Dylan can hear it. Yeah. And then you get the, there's a choice we're making. 
<laughs> you know, so. Yeah, that was, uh, that was a, a sweet moment. I, I will say, once again, there was one question that they didn't answer that I was hoping to get an answer for, and that's, what the fuck is Dan Aykroyd doing here? I mean, the Blues Brothers. It was a total accident. He gave an interview at some point in the last few years where we was asked about it. He said, well, look, I was in town. I was, I was looking for a business manager, and I had an appointment with someone that turned out I thought they were a business manager. They were a talent manager. I don't need a talent manager, but the guy was like, oh, well, you know, since you're in town, maybe you should come to this thing we're doing, you know, tomorrow night. So he just like happened to be in town for the wrong reason and yeah, ended up getting an invite. Like, cool. It is one of the weird things when you, when you look back at the video and you're like, uh, Dan Aykroyd's there. Okay. Well, at first you're yeah, like, the th- who's the schlumpy, you know, who's the schlumpy white guy in the back row? <laughs> Somebody's drum tech has wandered up into the bleachers. The other moment in the, Netflix documentary that stands out. There's <laughs> Waylon Jennings yeah. just gets. I, I don't know if he's just tired or frustrated. <laughs> but somewhere along the way, in the middle of the recording, he just leaves. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> you just see him walk. Apparently, out. <laughs> he came back. Like the, I did a little digging on that. He comes. He's named on the record. He did sing on it. So it's an interesting moment where he's just like, "Nope, I'm noping out." <laughs> uh, I, I will say, like, I've always been a Lionel Richie fan, but I, I'm hearing him kind of walk us through the process, just like, oh my gosh, this guy's amazing. He's a great storyteller. Yeah. Bruce Springsteen, he has a lot of really interesting stuff to talk about. Sheila E., you kind of feel bad for Sheila E. Mm, yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that. Because they kind of, <laughs> it seemed like they were using her as bait to get Prince to come. And Prince was like, hmm. I mean, there's a lot of conflicting stories. I don't know. I wasn't there, but net net, he's not on the he's not on this single. He he contributed a song to the album, so I think it was a cause he believed in. But just for whatever reason, he didn't he didn't show that night. Not he's not really a big people person or at that point. Yeah. The other thing I really remember is Lionel Richie talking about the time he spent with Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and how Michael would call him Lionel. <laughs> <laughs> like wanted him to hang out with this chimp. He's like, I don't really want to do that. That's and then not really his, my thing. And then his snake comes into the room, and Lionel goes, "I keep hearing this." <laughs> and I'm like, "What's going on?" He's like, "Oh, that's it's my snake. He wants to say hello." He was. He's been. I haven't seen him in a few days. Oh, great! He's hungry. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing that I didn't know happened, and they show this is at the beginning of the recording session, Bob Geldof shows up. Oh yeah. And like gives a little motivational speech, and you can see the room because everyone's like, "Oh my gosh, it's so good to see you!" Ha ha ha! Blah blah blah! Chatter 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 chatter. As as groups of people do, and and it just kind of settles. The room settles a little bit as as he's talking. Wow, that was that was kind of cool. Yeah, he ne- he needed to kind of give them like reset their compass. Yeah. Remember what it is that they're doing here. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's sad, I think, too, when you watch this documentary, you see these faces that were no longer with us today. Yeah. Uh, Waylon Jennings, obviously, we mentioned he died in 2002. Uh, I mean, obviously, Ray Charles, Michael Jackson, Al Jarreau, James Ingram. Al Jarreau. Oh, my gosh. Al Jarreau is just plowed during the recording session. The other moment that stands out in my mind and the the moment that I started basically sitting on my couch in my apartment here weeping, it's late, they finished up, and Diana Ross isn't leaving. 
and and they're like, well, Diana, you know, we're done. And she's like, I don't want it to be over. And I was like, oh, <laughs> that was it. I, I, I couldn't do it anymore. It's like, oh, I don't Shoot. want it to be over either. I forgot about that. Now you're going to make me cry. Yeah, that's what I'm here for, brother. <laughs> anyway, it's called The Greatest Night in Pop. It's on Netflix. Not sure how long it's going to be there. So pour yourself a glass of wine. Uh, turn on Netflix and enjoy the night. You know what I'd like to enjoy right now? The The Seggies. Hey, it's time for Stuck in the Arcade. This is the shtick where we play an arcade sound from the 80s. If you get it right, you're entered into a postal-friendly bottle opener. Did I say that right? It feels like those words came out all jumbled. Uh, you forgot the word drawing, a, the, a drawing for a postal-friendly bottle opener. Can we do don't, it again? Don't get your hopes up because – no, no, it's fine. Don't get your hopes up, folks. Just getting the answer right is not enough. <laughs> you also then have to get lucky with the spin. That's why we say winners include. You know, <laughs> just in case we missed one, basically. Yeah. Someone misspelled well, the, the game or something. You know, It's hard right, to find it. Because especially this week, I, I just searched for the, the winning answer. Uh, anyway, pay attention. Here's the uh, arcade sound from episode 688. That's Arkanoid. <laughs> I presume I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, that's how I would say it. Yeah, it's basically a breakout style game. I do not remember. I have no memory of this. Um, I don't know that I ever played it, but uh, over the holidays when the family was home, my son was like, hey, I really want to go to a barcade while we're while I'm home. Oh, that would be fun. And so we did. We had a great time. Um, and there was an Arkanoid machine, so that was why I picked it. Supposedly, there's a, a, a barcade coming to International Drive, which is like sort of like the tourist strip mm-hmm. outside of Disney in Orlando, where I live. And I'll have to go check that out. And then there's, there is a barcade downtown. But I really don't like going downtown when I can avoid it. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, it's just not a. It's not far from here. It's just, I don't know. And yet, and it's, yet, it's. I'm not. I'm not 25 years old anymore. I, you know, Grandpa doesn't like to go downtown if he doesn't have to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, we had some winners. Brad's we did have some winners. I'm. I'm very impressed with all of you. Winners this week include Brian Pond. Alpha Geek, Jarell from Boston, Carlos in St. Louis, Dragon from Gothenburg, Sweden, Chad in NorCal, Jeremy who shot J.R. Rodwan, and Sean Myberg in Doha, Qatar. That's and nuts. now I know who's downloading our show in Qatar because I see occasionally on the like on the podcast charts in Qatar we like bop up to like number 162 and then it's, I'm like who's listening there? Now we know. We're big it's in you, Sean. It's you, Sean. Thank you. <laughs> I'm glad you read that. I, I always mispronounce the countries in the Middle East, particularly that one. So, Well, we have the World Cup to thank for that one. I heard it about a million oh, that's times. Right. I, well, I missed most of that. Uh, anyway, you ready to spin the wheel, find out who takes home the postal-friendly bottle opener? I am indeed. I know, listeners, you'll be shocked to find that I had room in my suitcase for the giant spinning wheel, but here it is in my apartment with me, and now I'm going to give it a big old New York spin. Ooh, well done. Mm. Apparently it likes the cold. <laughs> and, the, and the scent of pastrami. Mm. It looks like it's going to land on Alpha Geek. Okay, excellent. So send us your 
postal address. I, I don't know when you're going to get it, though, to be honest, because, I mean, Brad's in uh, New York, as you might have guessed. I'm home and, for a few uh, days before the cruise, so I'm going to oh, have okay. I'm going to basically try and clear the backlog when I get home. <laughs> oh, that'll be fun. Yeah. It's always like the last week before the cruise is just complete insanity. Like trying to remember, oh, that's right. I forgot I need a, a box shiny pencils, blue, you know, I need a blue cummerbund for prom night or I oh crap i you know yeah actually, yeah, actually need- it's funny you would say that i started a list on my phone just last night i'm like these are the things i have to remember when i get home to like <clears throat> turn around and pack brad can see it because we have our cameras on and he can see what's behind me but it's literally stacks and stacks of amazon boxes and then some of the books that we're giving away for trivia are back there nice and um we'll see Bring in some Funko Pops, some 80s themed Funko Pops. Snappy. Well, because I I don't have, thankfully, I don't have to fly. I could just, that's right. It's an hour drive for me. That's the best. (laughs) It is the best. In the meantime, pay attention. Here's this week's mystery arcade sound. If you know it, email us at podcast at sit80s.com That might be the slowest I've ever Ooh. read that. Maybe I'll speed <laughs> it up to double time so that the people can <laughs> Play hear it. Play backwards. Make it our, uh, <laughs> our right round record. <laughs> I love that. I've grown to enjoy that Seggy. I think we have that coming up in next week's show. We'll see. Excellent. Anyway, we'll be right back after this commercial break. Monday, it's the American Music Awards. Three hot hours of the best of country, soul, and rock and roll. With a royal performance by the prince himself. And special tributes to Loretta Lynn and Marvin Gaye. Lionel Richie hosts the American Music Awards live Monday at 8, 7 central. And we're back. Brad, you're, I mean, you've been up there for three weeks in New York? Yeah. What's it been like? I'm in a corporate apartment. The bottom six floors are a hotel, and the upper floors are... You know, apartments that you, you have to rent for 30 days or more. There's some laws in, in the city of New York about short-term rentals. Oh, so. That's right. Uh, but it's it's fine. You know, I'm, I'm at 51st and 7th, right in Midtown. I was afraid it was going to be noisy because it's pretty close to Times Square. But it's not bad. Um, it's been cold. And I've been working my butt off. That's But that's why yeah. I'm here. So uh, Katie's coming next week to stay for the last couple weeks of my stay. So that'll be fun. Well, that's great. Do you get any services to like come and they clean your place and do your laundry and whatnot? They come and clean it every other week. I get they come through and do a cleaning. Um, There is a laundry service that is not included in the apartment, but it's, uh, you know, my time is valuable. So I avail myself of that so I don't have to do laundry on the weekends. This is exciting stuff. I know. No, I'm always curious. I mean, I'm literally right across the street from the Winter Garden Theater where the Future of the Musical is playing right now. And I was toying with going this weekend, but I just had some had some other stuff I needed to get done. I'm going to try and go next weekend. I, I hear it's pretty good. My expectations are not real high. Steve Rojas Ramos Rojas actually had a chance to talk to Alan Silvestri about it. Wow. Alan Silvestri has a winery, and he happened they stopped to go to the tasting room, and he happened to be there that day. And so he's like, "Oh yeah, you know, I was chatting with Alan about that." I'm like, "Shut up." <laughs> So I'll let you know what that's like, uh, but that's, yeah, it's been good. You know, today this afternoon I'm going to try and get out of the apartment, go for a nice long walk. I'm not too far from Central Park, so just get some fresh air, get some sunshine. I, I thought 
thought about asking, reaching out to the, to, to the Back to the Future musical folks and seeing if they wanted to come on the show. I think I've done that once before. There was a w- musical that they made out of The Wedding Singer. Okay. Maybe. And it was probably in the first five, six years of the podcast. And I talked to Tim Hurley, who co-wrote most of Adam Sandler's movies. Oh, okay. Because he happened to have been Adam Sandler's roommate in college. Oh, so and his son now is part of that comedy group. Please don't destroy on SNL. Oh, cool! I didn't know that. That's awesome. Yeah, bizarre, bizarre world that we live in. Um, speaking of bizarreness and and how you guys are helping us out, I uh, want, want to give a special thanks to to Patreon for giving us a platform to uh, to to let you support the podcast. It's at patreon.com slash stuck in the eighties podcast. Uh, we have some new patrons. Uh, Brad, you want to tackle the names? Absolutely. We might have read your name before, but we'll thank you again. Adam Carley, Rodney Peffer, Kelly Hargis, Roger Carpenter, James White, Brian McGaw, and Dan Witt. Cool. You can join for, I think it's, I think the minimum is like $2 a month. It might be a dollar a month you can join. And when you do, you get access to our blog and monthly Zoom happy hours. And at certain at other levels of of support, you get swag, t shirts, whatnot. Um, Brad comes comes over, gives you a lap dance, stuff like that. <laughs> Wear my so, special eighties dance outfit. Yeah. and sits in a chair and bucket of milk drops on him, just like Flash Dance. It costs a little extra, but I'm sure you'll find it's worth yeah. it. <laughs> it's good. It's good for bone density. We've got some interesting shows coming up in the next few weeks. The creator of Moonlighting. Uh, Glenn Karen is going to join us. So I've, cool. already, I've already talked to him. It, That's we so went cool. on for 40 minutes talking about Moonlighting and, and other projects he's working on. The uh, actor A. Martinez is in an upcoming show. Nice. Good stuff. So th- yeah, he, that's, I, a, that's a good you one. You and I have talked a lot about that, just how much stuff he, how much work he did in the 80s. It, it's, yes. It, it's, it's shocking. A, it's insane. He, he was literally probably in 20 or 30. 30 TV shows at least for a for an episode then obviously his big stint was in soap opera Santa Barbara yeah but he also did a um, a movie in the 80s that I just saw called Pow Wow Highway which will blow your mind how amazing that is it's just really hard to find now yeah thankfully we we found a DVD copy but uh, so we have that and then and then we'll 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 see you again after the cruise but we do have those shows first so anyway Thank you, as always, for your support. It means the world to us. I hope you go and check out uh, The Greatest Night in Pop. It really is an incredible documentary, and it will. Brad has given you his guarantee that it will make you cry. <laughs> in a good way. In a good way. <laughs> yeah. It's the only way I ever cry with you, my friend. Oh, That's because we're right here, hopelessly stuck in the 80s. Stuck in the 80s is now on Patreon. If you'd like to support the show, go to patreon.com slash stuck in the 80s podcast. Special thanks to Check Battery Daily for our theme music. And thanks for listening. <laughs>